give a correction with boundaries mm-hmm. in a mindset of like one little correction, boom, and then be done and then still maintain this level of calm through the mm-hmm. correction. But I think it's so hard, especially when it's your own horse and you have a little bit more expectation. Welcome to the Horsewoman Project, a podcast where we talk about all things horsewoman, from relationships to truck issues, taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. Hello. Hey. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, Are you guys getting this huge storm too? Yeah, but... um... Like, it's actively snowing right now. We didn't get much overnight, it doesn't look like. But my in-laws have been sending us pictures of the snows, snow they got in Redmond. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Sorry, Camry. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's a good thing it's a podcasting day because the weather is, it says it's supposed to be 60 mile an hour winds and it's supposed to snow all day. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, I don't think I can work today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, oh, the crazy thing is, is like, I don't mind snow or wind, but when you get both, or if you get uh, wind and rain, then the horses will not turn the other direction. Like the one day yeah. I was riding Peanut and I was trying to ride her before this storm got too bad and, and the wind just started picking up and it was just throwing this rain right in her face. And every time we would turn that direction, she would like, oh, and like brace and, and turn the <laughs> other way. And I'm like, yeah, girl, I get it. We're done. Like there, we can't, there's uh-huh. nothing I can do, you know? Like, no, it's so. a great opportunity to teach side passing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just side pass all day long right? in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then that's when we just do silly things like play with sleds or have them pull things in the snow or mm-hmm. things that we can do on the ground that are just a little bit simpler. So. Yeah. Which works. But, yep. <laughs> yeah it's been I saw someone post about this and I'm like oh I feel your pain and they're like it's been a, a horse trainer's nightmare and it was a, a horse trainer in Utah <laughs> and they're like yeah it's been a horse trainer's nightmare this winter mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah I feel you because it's just been snow after snow after snow after snow and you just start getting it cleaned up and then it snows again mm-hmm well, and I think it's almost worse for you just because you're not used to it, right? Yeah. Like it's not something that's that's a common thing. Because I'm like, yeah, you guys have snow. I mean, we've been ha- well, you have three feet on the ground still. But like yeah. at the same time, I'm used to it now, so we're working mm-hmm. around it, right? Where with you, it's like it comes and goes and comes and goes, and then you're not really used to having it, anyways. Because yeah. when I lived down there, we only got snow like three times. <laughs> yeah, know? and that's There's it's like nothing. And I hadn't planned for that. I planned for the same winters we've been having for the last nine years since I've lived here. And so I had more horses for a little while. And I, it's like, man, if I knew it was going to be like this every year, I would maybe consider getting like an indoor arena or, you know, I would have different plans. But I'm like, normally it's, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Normally it's so. like, what's, what's the point? Yeah, or or I would have just slowed down with horses and just had one or two instead of three or four, mm-hmm. um, which is a little easier to make up the time on the weekends right. and stuff with less horses. But <laughs> it's fine. It's it's been a mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, all right, we need the moisture so bad. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll, you guys I'll really take do. it. <laughs> Our fields need it. So you know what? Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> so okay, question for you, because um, Eric was talking about this. He had seen. Like a news article about uh, a levy or something being passed in Utah about not allowing people to grow alfalfa anymore. Have you heard anything about that? Because I was like, that's going to ruin a lot of farmers' lives. That <laughs> seems there. really, really bizarre. I yeah, no, you I should have not look heard. it up and then tell me what you find out. Because he was saying that people. Um, are upset because alfalfa takes so much water down there. So they're trying to get something passed to say that farmers can no longer farm alfalfa. It has to be a more water conservative crop. And I'm like, well, that's good in theory. But when you think about alfalfa, doesn't need to be planted every single year. You can mm-hmm. get three crops out of alfalfa and any other Sometimes water four. conservative crop, you can only get like two. 
Yeah. You know, I'm like, that's going to really mess up the agricultural community there, I feel like. Oh, yeah. So, and then owning a horse here is going to be crazy oh, expensive because you're, you're going to have to buy from to. out of state. Uh-huh. I mean, what are you going to do? It's that's yeah, that seems really bizarre. I'm hoping that that's just someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. That's like, we should do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that the actual educated people are like, no. <laughs> Yeah, you should look it up and tell because Eric was Eric was talking about that on our walk the other day, and I was like, "What? Are you kidding me?" Because yeah. I mean, again, I can understand trying to conserve water, but at the same time, quit building so many houses for people to keep moving into. You know, like I I don't know. I do feel like Utah is uh doing more than it can sustain at this point, but I've been feeling like that the last couple of years as you drive through Utah County has just blown up it's been doesn't even look like the place that I lived (laughs) for four years you know like what is this so yeah yeah because I grew up in Orham up in Utah County and so it's (laughs) yeah it's not even close to what it was (laughs) and then Larry grew up in Riverton oh yeah that's farm there thing yeah yeah it's it's just blown up into this big city and it's crazy yeah, everyone just is migrating to Utah for some reason. <laughs> well, I think Utah's just easier to see too because all of the cities and the towns are right by the freeway. So mm-hmm. if you drive through them all where I mean, people say that a lot of people have moved to Idaho, but I don't see that because they haven't moved to there's like no just line of where the cities are, you know, so you yeah. don't get to see that growth like you do in Utah. Yeah. I um I'm not going to lie. I am I feel like I'm comatose this morning. <laughs> so I'm going to preface that for the first little bit. <laughs> you want to keep chit-chatting for a minute until you're ready I, to like actually dive in? <laughs> I had the most horrible, horrible, horrible dreams yesterday. Really? Night. Like, you know how they say if you die in your dreams, you'll die in real life? Mm-hmm. Well, you won't because I died in my dream. And oh, I'm no. still alive when I woke up with my heart racing at 90 miles an hour into, at 2 in the morning. <laughs> like, oh, man. And it was like a brutal death, too. It was not even a nice death. And I'm like, okay, oh. no more murder mysteries for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what TV show or book do I need to stop oh, right now gosh. that is making me dream about this? <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I probably, I, I bet I got two minutes of deep sleep the other night and then tonight I just I feel like I've been hit by a train I um got this my mom just gave me this mug thing that's like really cool so it's a o-h-o-m-o-o-o-o-m I'm not sure how to spell it but it comes with this pad that keeps it hot so and it's it's one of those like what do you call them like induction or something pad so only metal things will get hot on it so I can so I just have it on my desk and I guess this is a metal mug and I it's heated it up very very nice (laughs) that's cool I know so I've got that sitting here for me I've been pretty excited about it, actually. Pretty pathetically excited about it. I'm like, you like to try I my hot new tea and <laughs> yeah. and it'll stay hot. I don't have to keep going to the microwave. And <laughs> so yeah, that that was a cool thing I got this week that nice. I've been trying out the last two days. <laughs> so or, do you have like your hot chocolate collagen stuff in it, mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah? Which guys, if you Oh, so good. <laughs> it's the Vital Proteins Chocolate Collagen. Tastes just like hot chocolate. And it is the best thing ever since I can't have normal hot chocolate because it all has milk in it. I haven't had hot chocolate that tastes like hot chocolate in who knows how long. So finding that stuff, it's been so nice. <laughs> like I, I get to have hot chocolate that's actually pretty good for you. <laughs> so awesome. try it out. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, too, because so many people are like, oh, this one tastes so great with things like protein powders or collagen mixes. And then you taste it and you're like, do you have taste buds? Like, <laughs> Hey, hey, I do, like I think. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm not going to believe my kid. I know. No. Like, I have to know someone, I, not yeah. just read reviews. I have to know someone personally that has tried something for me to be like, okay, I I'll can maybe it. trust I will say I have tried protein powders and they suck. Like heat it up. Nah. Nah. Oh, I tried that. They're gritty. They're just. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. No, my protein powder, honestly, I feel like the one that I've got, the one from Naked Nutrition that I really like, does a good job, but I definitely only like it cold with berries. <laughs> I just, yeah. So the collagen, though, I, yeah, it's, and, um, I've been making like, you know, the no-bake cookies. It tastes mm-hmm. like just like no-bake cookies if you put a little peanut butter and oatmeal together with the hot, with the collagen. Mix it together. It's just like those uh, no-bake cookies. is so good. <laughs> mm, I remember doing no-bake cookies growing up. So good. Bringing me back to old times. <laughs> oh, yeah. No-bake cookies were my jam. <laughs> I... Well, and I still, those are one of the things I cannot make because I will have 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When we make cookies or things like that, I always have to find someone to give them to or bring them to a party so that that way we only have a couple left. Mm -hmm. Because if we just make an entire batch and don't have anywhere to take them or leave them at a party or, you know, a dinner party or whatnot... I'm screwed because I'm going to eat all the cookies. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> One thing that's helped me because my, um, my grandma's been baking a little bit more like trying out gluten-free stuff because I've got a couple other cousins who just found out they're gluten-free. So she's been baking stuff for them and sharing them with me. And one thing that's been helpful for me is I just freeze it. So, um, Cause then it actually takes work to get it out of the freezer and then either let it thaw or eat it frozen. But for some reason, for me, that's very helpful when I'm storing cookies where I don't feel like I have to have 1500 of them if they're in the freezer and then they're not out where I can see them every time I open something, you know? Um, Yeah. That's what I do too. I hide them. I put them in a bag and then I shove them in a cupboard and, and, and that way I don't have to stare at them every time I walk past the kitchen. (laughs) Yep. But the freezer idea, that's a good idea. Yeah, then they last forever. My, um, I had a client actually send me some really, really, really good sugar cookies that were gluten-free for Christmas. She sent me a buttload of them, too, and I I literally just finished off the last one last week. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so they last forever. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Have treats for two months. Yeah. Oh, and- I don't get me wrong. I love Christmas and I love Christmas goodies, but I have an extremely hard time with how many goodies you get. Like, and I don't know if it's just a Utah thing because like everyone in the ward brings you a, like a bread or a fruitcake or a cookies or fudge or something. And so you just have tons and tons and tons of sweets. And so that's why one of my favorite things to do is like I, my tradition now is I give away goat's milk soap that I make but and it's hard because you do it is good stuff because it's all homemade and it's so good but I'm like holy crap that like that's like a month's worth of calories sitting on my kitchen counter that people bring by Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like holy crap it's so much stuff so I don't know Christmas is hard in that way because it's just oh so many sugary things yeah that's what makes holidays hard in general to Mm. to try to be more like lifestyle healthy even just because you get Mm. so much um I don't I'm trying to think I don't feel like I have that problem I think it helps when you're allergic to everything nobody wants to bring you food so Mm. (laughs) so yeah I don't I don't really feel like we get treats yeah for Christmas, but I'm pretty sure it's because everyone's too scared to feed me, so <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I don't know if it is like an LDS thing with the church and the ward members that just bring everything over, or if, you know, people outside of Utah do the same thing, if it's just a community thing, I don't know, but either way, I'm like, I remember growing up and just having the entire kitchen counter just covered in all the foods, all the things, and it's like, well, no wonder I ended up having a sweet tooth. Like <laughs> I was so used to having treats around all the time. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyway. But Valentine's was good. There's yeah. not, I, I don't feel like there's as much for Valentine's. Because well, it's usually a one-on-one thing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not, not like your neighbors and everything usually. it's It's usually like a spouse or your... Mm-hmm 
boyfriend or girlfriend or your kids and so there's not near as much candy which is good so yeah yeah not like halloween and thanksgiving and christmas yeah even thanksgiving like it's the one day yeah but i don't feel like there's as many people bringing things over that's why christmas and halloween man so many sugary things <laughs> all yep. the temptations Michaela. it's so hard <laughs> freeze everything that's my solution <laughs> i know freeze it all <laughs> i feel like it helps with that um with the scarcity mindset too because you go oh my gosh the cookies are gonna go bad so i have to eat them right now right well if you pop them in the freezer then hey they last two months and you can just have one a day and there you go and same with yep. the candies too i've done the same thing so that is my solution just freeze it awesome. <laughs> have it in the freezer <laughs> i'm gonna do it next time michaela <laughs> <laughs> yes let me know how it goes next year camry <laughs> i know well and here's the mindset too it's like if I don't have one today, my kids will eat them and they'll be gone tomorrow and then I won't get one. <laughs> so yeah. now I just need to put one in a baggie, hide it in the freezer, and then I can have it the next yeah, day. Yeah, I mean, my the kids, kids aren't going to look it. in there. <laughs> <laughs> my husband is very careful about not eating my treats. When we were first married, um, I made a batch of brownies and whatever and then of course I'm on my period so everything is awful and I'm like okay when I get home I'm gonna have this brownie I'm gonna sit down with a heat pad it's gonna be awesome there was no more brownies left because <laughs> he ate all the brownies <laughs> and oh my gosh he's never ever 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 done that again in our marriage <laughs> you're like honey <laughs> it's like the full-on meltdown of you ate all of the brownies. <laughs> <laughs> so he's very careful when it comes to uh, to my treats. <laughs> yeah. Especially because oh, I'm like, you funny. can have all of the crap. I can only have the really, really expensive stuff. I'm like, I get to have this. You, you don't get to share it with me. <laughs> <laughs> you get all of the readily available, cheaper stuff. <laughs> exactly. <It's> <laughs> like every time we go anywhere, my grandma always bakes him cookies. So whenever she he goes to his house, she's got cookies on hand. and So he's mm. like eating five or six cookies. And then she'll make me like, I don't know, once in a while, we'll make me a cookie or something. And then he like wants to have them. No. <laughs> This is mine. Mine? It's like the seagulls. On oh, yep. <laughs> Finding Nemo. Mine? Mine? Except a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> You're like, I'm more like a bear. Okay, not yes, a seagull. Yes, true. I don't share food. This is this is one thing you should learn about me. <laughs> uh, did I ever tell you the story about my roommate in college that um, she baked me a cake for my birthday? And it was in like a, I want to say it was like a nine by 13 pan. And uh, so just like your typical cake pan, sheet, sheet cake pan. <laughs> so she gave it to me and then I ended up going to classes for most of the day and then came back from classes. <laughs> she had eaten more than half the cake. <laughs> I just remember being like, by yourself like you ate that <laughs> like no judgment or anything but by yourself <laughs> I was laughing so hard it's like wow that's that's, that's a lot of cake <laughs> that is a lot of cake that's hilarious a nine by 13 pan <laughs> yeah like that is a holy crap like that's like two days worth of calories <laughs> yeah probably especially Please. if it was frosted oh it was too oh yeah oh, yeah like Wow, that's a lot of cake. That's a lot of cake. <laughs> when um my roommates and I, well, there was one in particular where we just came up with a system because she hated cooking. I hated doing dishes. So I always did all the cooking and then she did all the dishes and then we would just share food. It was wonderful. And so that's what we do in our marriage too. I'm like, I will cook. You do the dishes. <laughs> Works out very well. Yep. I need you to learn a TikTok dance and we can do it together. Oh my gosh, girl, you've not seen me dance. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you need to show me. <laughs> I can't dance unless I have a partner. I'm really good. At, like, if the guy can lead me, I can follow really well. But then you ask me to do it on my own, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
line dances are not my thing. I'm not good at line dances. I just, mm. my brain doesn't work that way. And then I'm stiff. I'm like a mm. cheerleader stiff, you know, when they do their routines. That's how I dance. I'm not fluid. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was me that people would call me what did they call me? It was like the snake girl or something because I like move my <laughs> hips and my body a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I probably move a little too much. <laughs> oh, nah, it's fine. Oh, okay. Your retreat. It's full. What Almost. the heck is that? That's awesome. Yeah, I can't believe it. I was like, what? Yeah, one spot left at each one. That's it. I'm so excited for it, though. It's going to be awesome. It yeah, is much needed. Yeah. I still haven't decided. I really want to bring Sandy, but I still haven't decided if that's going to be worth it or not. Ka- or Cammy, like, I wish you lived closer to me because I'm having a struggle with her on the ground right now. She's doing mm-hmm. okay, but when she gets antsy, it brings up my anxiety. And so then mm-hmm. we're both just like, but like taking her to the arena, she still has not gotten used to it. And it's weird because mm-hmm. normally when I take her other places, she's actually 10 times more chill than she is at home but not to this arena for some reason taking her to this arena she just gets really really amped up and it takes me like half an hour for her to get into a space where we can actually start writing and it's really Mm. aggravating and she gets like this last time I really got after her too because she swings her her body around and smashes me and I'm like no you cannot do that like that is not okay Mm. and then she gets really like she's gotten to where when she gets anxious she kicks out with her feet both her front and her back so she'll paw and then with her back she just kicks it just Mm. when she gets mad now and I'm just like and the problem is is it brings up my anxiety if I could be calm in this situation Mm -hmm. it would be fine but I get really tense so then I'm like you know on edge and I have to figure out something but I'm like we've got to figure out something because if I'm going to do these races you need to be in you need to behave a lot better than this when we're in the holding areas and and different things. And it has surprised me. Like I said, normally when I take her places, she's 10 times more well-behaved because it's just her and me. She doesn't focus on anything else. She just focuses on me. But it's been a fight taking her to this I'm, arena. So Yeah, I wonder if it has to do with the fact that it's the first indoor arena she's ever been in. Yeah, and I gave her that excuse for the first three weeks. <laughs> But now I'm like, okay, we're in this like six to eight weeks now. And I feel like that excuse is no longer valid. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have some thoughts for you. Mm -hmm. So as much as you're like, we need to get you behaving better like now, because we have to start conditioning for this. I honestly think it would probably work better if you focus more on the mindset for at least a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. um, and less on the conditioning until you can get her feeling good about it. So with that, I would bring either like some hay or a handful of cubes or something Mm -hmm. like that, that when you first go in there, you're going to walk to like, you know, the middle or the end or wherever, somewhere inside there. And then she just gets to hang out and eat. Mm -hmm. And then that way it's not in the arena that we're having this problem though. It's at the trailer when I'm saddling her. Oh, it's not in the arena. She's fine in the arena now. She's definitely oh. like, cause, cause I took her, cause I was thinking, okay, like anxious. So I untied her like this was last week. So I untied her and I walked her around a minute. We went into the arena. We did some lunging and just walked around and then she was fine. And then I took her back to the trailer and it was like the same thing. And huh. so she just gets, I don't know. And I don't know if it's what's going around. Cause I'm like, I trailered her everywhere last year. And Mm -hmm. would saddle her in the middle of the trail, trail, you know, trail where I'm going and no problems. And here it's just like, like she just gets tense. Yeah. And, and so I I bring my treats with me in my treat bag, but then she started to getting a little bit too aggressive with that. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of backing off on that because when she's in that tense state, then she gets to where she's like I'm just gonna bite you for it then you know I'm gonna reach around and just try to take it and I don't like that at all so I've kind of backed off on that um but I'm like what kind of treats do you use I just I just use senior feed okay I was gonna say you could use that or um alfalfa or Mm -hmm. uh, timothy pellets yeah Um, because sometimes the higher value treats that are 
more sugary and sweet, mm -hmm. um, they will get more muggy over. But if you're already using something that's a little no. less sweet, then no, I use, yeah, I use exactly that. I use either senior feed or I use my alfalfa Timothy pellets. Like that's mm -hmm. it. That's, that's the treat. I I've never bought her actual treats. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and I have backed off cause she, I've just, I've noticed, and we've talked about a little bit that she's getting more anxious about it like if I'm if I'm giving Comanche treats then she gets like tense and is like well I want to treat you know and gets more tense but I think too have, sorry go ahead oh I was gonna say have you tried giving her um like just a hay bag to hang out at the trailer I haven't at this place and I need to buy a new hay bag because my hay bags like I have the nets and they're like this big of squares <laughs> so they make huge messes <laughs> so I need to buy a hay bag because I thought about that too I'm like okay well I can just put one there. I don't know. My, and I will, I will say too, I get more tense too, because of the place that we're at, because they are big horse trainers. That's what these guys are. Mm -hmm. And I have this fear that, cause the guy's older. And so I have that, this fear that if he sees her acting that way, he's going to come in and be like, well, let me help you kind of a thing. Yeah. And I'm like, I just like, I don't want that to happen. So chill out please. And it's not, not because I wouldn't accept help, but it's the kind of help he would give. Yeah, I don't want to have. So it's like, uh, I don't know. So I think that's actually a good, but then like you said, you run into that, like, well, what if he does come over and try and help? So that then you just need to come up with a plan for if he does that, yeah. what you're going to say, because there are always people, and especially with our two horse trailer, our horses, it usually takes them multiple tries to get in. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not just like, load up and go they have to really feel comfortable in it and and sometimes go in and out multiple times so anytime I take my two-horse trailer somewhere almost every single time I run into someone coming up to me and saying hey you want help with that and <laughs> I say no every single time because yeah. they're gonna sit there and swing ropes and pressure 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 mm -hmm. and I'm like no that's not what this horse needs this horse needs to relax in the trailer not feel like like she got forced in and now like she's she got in. yeah exactly yeah. I'm like then she's really not gonna get in like she'll just <laughs> shut down mm -hmm. and so I've just learned to let people know like I I took Hickory in that all the way up to Huntington so yeah. like four hours away four mm -hmm. plus hours and when I left I left um while someone else like during someone else's session so we were doing private sessions that last part of the day and I needed to get home before it got super dark and everything. So I was leaving and I just told everyone, I'm like, I apologize if there's a little bit of noise because he is going to have to go in and out. And it, you know, it clangs and makes noise. I'm like, so just like, just disregard us. Sorry, us here in the background. I'm going <laughs> in and out a few times. Right. And so I just learned that like, if I just let people know, like, this is his process. It takes him a few tries to get mm -hmm. in. Um, then they were perfectly fine. No one looked back at me and was like concerned and like, should we go right. help? Because I just communicated like, we don't need help. We, we mm -hmm. get him in. It just takes him a few tries. And so I guess maybe just having a plan of like what you would say to that guy, if he did come up and just let him know, like, I appreciate the offer and, and everything, but we're just working through our processes and she'll figure it out. So you know, yeah. whatever it is you want to say. And that way you won't feel that pressure of like, stop doing that here. Like stop embarrassing me or stop doing, mm -hmm. you know, like we don't want to do it in front of this guy. Cause I think she probably feels that. And like you said, your anxiety is higher yeah. right there. So yeah. sure that's a good portion of the problem. No, I think you're right. Cause not do anything too, you know? And, but I do think it's just because we are in a more high stress state when we start out that she's regressing a little bit in some things. Like she's not as good I got her to where she was just hopping in and out of the trailer by the end of last summer. And now she's kind of back to where she was too with that, where she fights me a little bit with it. And I'm like, okay, I got to work on it. Cause yeah. And it's hard, especially when you're like, we passed this, like we mm -hmm. finished this, you were fine. Like, what is the issue? And then, you know, we want to work on like, well, I want to progress to this stage and to be able to be able to do these things. And we have this endurance ride coming up or we have mm -hmm. this show that I want to take you to this year or mm -hmm. this event. And so it can get super frustrating yeah, uh, to backtrack like that. But if you don't backtrack and you just try and breeze through it and be like, no, we don't have time to do this. Yeah. It bites you in the butt. And that's what I've realized is like, it's bit me in the butt a couple of times mm -hmm. where I'm like, 
oh, okay, fine. Like you're finally getting bad enough to the point where I'm like, we have to go back to it now because mm-hmm. there's no other choice because you're getting to be a little shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> it is so hard though. <laughs> it is hard because then you see other horses that are so well behaved that don't get the connection work. And you're like, see, I'm over here being nice to you and letting you have a voice in this relationship and you're going to treat me like shit. But this horse, <laughs> yeah, you know, doesn't get that. And mm-hmm. they're over there standing nice and quiet. So sometimes I do feel that too. I'm like, mm-hmm. is this process really worth it? Um, yeah. It doubt deep down. It's like, I think it is. But sometimes like this last week, I'm like, no, I've had it. You're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Behave well, yourself right now. <laughs> because there does come that point too where I'm like, no, you are putting me in an unsafe position and I am never okay with that. Like, I don't care. Yep. Like, I am never okay with that. But... But then it's too, then I'm frustrated too, because then I get frustrated with myself when I do have to be more aggressive and say, absolutely not. You cannot smash me between you and the trailer. That is not okay. You cannot kick out when I'm trying to grab your foot. Like, not okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I definitely have, like, this last week, I'm glad that she's at least doing really well in her writing because by the time I get on her, I'm like, this isn't even fun. Like, why do I have horses? <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> makes you question yourself right you're like (laughs) oh last week I totally was too I was like I'm not even enjoying myself like my anxiety super high she's tense like we just spent the first half hour fighting and Mm -hmm. you know I'm like yeah now we're on but then I lengthened my stirrups to try my seat so then I'm like a rag doll too and I'm like why am I even doing this (laughs) you know it's like what how have you felt about the length and stirrups well I mean last week it was the first time so Mm like shit <laughs> but I mean like that first time that you lengthened your stirrups and you had like that breakdown that was me this week I know you're like ah! yeah because it's like well and it's funny what it does too because because I'm like I can ride bareback even when I drop the stirrups I'm like I like I about fell off twice I'm like this is stupid <laughs> like what is it about about literally about a half an inch length that makes me so I can't ride anymore Yep. It's crazy how much it feels different. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, I mean, those, if you're doing half holes, it's about an inch. If it's full holes, you've got two inches. Yeah. And it's just like, how does that much make a difference, make Mm -hmm. that much of a difference where you feel like you can't reach it. And like, I would lose my stirrups a couple of times when I was doing it. And (laughs) I think your muscles just get shortened to the point where they, they only reach to where your stirrup goes so that then now your muscles are having to learn how to lengthen out just a little bit more to get down there and yeah but yeah it took me at least call two to four weeks to feel normal Mm -hmm. in the new stirrup length yeah so yeah well and I've messed around with my stirrups so many times like I'm pretty sure honestly that this week it won't be as bad because I didn't because I'm not going to physically adjust my stirrups I, I feel like there's that thing in my head that goes oh we adjusted stirrups it should feel different <laughs> so mm-hmm. like when I was adjusting my stirrups for that English saddle I mean I kid you not Cameron I adjusted that thing every single ride it was constantly mm-hmm. different but if I went into it after I had adjusted it without adjusting it before I got on then it felt normal right so I'm kind of hoping that that's the case with this one that it'll feel a little bit more normal there's going to be the changes because I definitely like you said I am definitely dropping my stirrups a little bit more and I tell you what like I was really focusing on trying to get my leg back as well and that was not helpful I just need to focus on getting in the seat that I had before with the length and stirrups and then (laughs) yeah one step at a time (laughs) yeah because I tried to do it all and then it was like man having my leg back here made me do this like into her neck you know I'm like okay yep but it's funny because I watch back through the videos and I don't look like as much of a train wreck as I felt. So, yeah, I yeah. get the feeling of like, yeah. I feel like I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I mean, yeah, there was a little bit more bouncy there than I'm that I'm used to. I definitely wasn't smooth and flowy. It was but mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, a beginner who's like, yeah, this. <laughs> so. That made me feel a little bit better because that's how I felt. I'm like, sorry, Sandy. Sorry, Sandy. And she was definitely like, what the crap are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm going to share this because it kind of went with what you were talking about earlier with like when Sandy does something that is not safe Mm -hmm. and it's like, no, absolutely not. So I was teaching a lesson yesterday and my clients had their coming two-year-old stud pony 
that they've been trying to teach him how to lead properly and because they got him when he was maybe halter broke not so much halter broke (laughs) um so they're trying to like teach him how to handle his feet and lead and take a saddle and do all these things and so we're working with this horse but i was i i took the pony over and i said i'm going to show you this technique because every time she would turn when leading him his shoulder would swing over and Mm -hmm. swing into her space and so i was teaching her how to use the whip or the flag um Mm -hmm. to get his kind of butt to move out around and get him to circle out around her through the turn so that his shoulder wouldn't come in. And, um, but he has been known for biting. He's been very, very, very mouthy Mm -hmm. and, um, which he's been getting a ton better at. But anyway, so we were, I was doing this and leading the horse around. And after a few times he was getting frustrated because he wanted to bring his shoulder in and I kept pushing it out Mm -hmm. and, and he was a little frustrated and all of a sudden he reached down and bit my thigh. And, um, cause like if that had been Freya, oh, I'd have been like, oh, like I would have gotten Yo. so mad. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so he bit me and I, I had my carriage whip. So the one that just has like a tail that's, yeah. I don't know, 10 inches long. And so I just within half a second and just gave him one little whop on the butt and he kind of looks at me like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She means it. But I did it in a way where I was, it was one correction. And then I was like, okay, let's get back to the exercise. So we just walked back off and started Mm -hmm. doing the exercise again. Lo and behold, he moves out and around me without question and just did it. Mm -hmm. But he did it without being like, oh crap, I got gotten mad at state of like me being angry. And then the horse is like, whoa, predatory behavior because you're angry. You can give a correction with boundaries Mm -hmm. in a mindset of like one little correction, boom, and then still maintain this level of calm through the Mm -hmm. correction but I think it's so hard especially when it's your own horse and you have a little bit more expectation well I think what I need to do is change my expectation from we will be riding to a I don't care if we ride (laughs) which is so hard with your goals that are coming up this summer but at the same time like I'm not right now I'm not in conditioning mode Right now I'm in the, hey, I want to make sure we've got control of your body mode. And that's what the arena stuff has been because I don't have time right now and it's too cold to actually condition. So we're not even going to try to condition for another two weeks at least until it's consistently in the 30s. Um, But I was just, because I was watching a video of, of the ride that I'm going to do. They did like a little clip video of, I don't know, two years ago or something of the ride. So I was watching that and then I was thinking like, so they had like some shots of the vet checks and some shots of the camp. And I'm like, the state that she's in right now, it'll be a disaster doing the vet checks and doing the camping because she is having such a hard time coming back to baseline. So I need to, I need to take like 15 steps back and focus on, okay, I, I need you to be able to behave when a vet comes and pinches you. I need you to be able to behave when somebody that's not me picks up your feet because she's great with me right now. But even if Eric tries to pick up her feet, she gets really no you know but with me she's like okay here you go mom you know but so I'm like I need I need to kind of take 15 steps back and really focus on that because I'm like you know what my goals for the race I just want to finish like I don't care if I finish in time I don't care where like I'm like I don't care if I'm the last one I would just like to finish so even if that means we finish in seven hours instead of six whatever I just want to be able to go experience it see if it's something I even like because if it is something I like, then it's going to kind of change what I want to do with horses going forward. But I really want my horse to behave when other people are around. Like, I, I would love for people to be like, oh, my gosh, your horse is so sweet. You know, like, that's what I want from her, you know, and I need to just figure out how to support her in that. And I'm just like, as you're talking, I'm just thinking back and going, OK, I think too some of my issues because we get there and the way that the property is set up is so here's the arena right here. There's two houses here. There's a big shed with the tractors and everything right here and then feed shed. So we come in and it's this little space and I have to be like very particular about where I park because I always get there at feeding time. So he's always in his tractor getting things like going back and forth with different things. And it is very easy to just be in the way because there's there's literally no place to park where you are at least a little bit in the way there. So we have all this stuff going around us too. And I think I think what I do, because I, I just unload her and then I immediately tire and then I start getting things out and get ready to go. And I'm like, I think I need to just 
unload her and not tie her, even if I just sit at the wheel well and just let her look at things without being tied up and without me having that expectation first and just work on, okay, hey, like when you're calm, we'll do some positive reinforcement, whether that's treats or whether that's just me scratching your favorite area or whatever. And I don't know, like, like almost doing a marker style training with her. That's actually what I was about to suggest is I was going to say that marker training of kind of escalating for the purpose of Mm de-escalating so that she learns how to go back and forth and shift back and forth a lot more easily. So, yeah. And I, I need to do that. And too, like, seriously, camera, I'm so frustrated with myself lately too, (laughs) because my anxiety just still has not come back down since last year. And it's so aggravating where I'm like, I don't feel like my Mustang. I'm like, I am not to a place where I can ride him, even though he's never given me any reason to feel like I should be unsafe on him. My husband rides him just fine. He reacts very well in different situations, but I still cannot bring myself to get on him and actually like take him through and help him through some things that he really needs help with. But I'm like, I like I'm having such a hard time even with Sandy that I'm like, oh no, she's the only one I'm even going to try right now. And I don't know why, because I'm like, there's nothing, there's nothing that happened. And really it kind of stems from my last shoulder surgery, my confidence like blew. And it kind of helped that I had to just immediately go back into lessons and things and into that mode. But I tell you what, like not having people there that I'm teaching it's very like my confidence is just not there anymore. And I'm like, it's very aggravating. <laughs> I'm like going from the girl who could just ride anything, right? To like, I'm, I can't even ride one of my horses that I have. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So that's also a big part of it is, is my anxiety goes from zero to like a hundred in about two seconds if she does anything wrong. So then I'm tense and I'm kind of like in that like flight mode where I, I'm like, I don't even want to be in this situation right now, which makes it not fun for me. And then I get frustrated because I'm feeling this way where it's like, I, I could handle this situation. No problem. You know, if, if it was more of a, a teaching opportunity or, you know, just even just a year and a half ago, you know, it would be no big deal. I'd just be like, oh, like, yeah, we'll just work through it. But right now I'm like, my anxiety just shoots way up and it's really aggravating. (laughs) Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause I mean, you did have a little bit of anxiety with certain horses when you were working Mm -hmm. for me, but it didn't seem as bad. And maybe it's like you said, you just didn't have as much of a gap to like sit and let it fester for lack of a better way of putting it, (laughs) you know, and kind of build a little bit more because there's been a break. Um, that's why you need to come and stay with me in July and no, we'll seriously. just workshop for a whole month and like work through your fear issues. Your anxiety well, that's issues. what I've told Eric too. I'm like, it would be really nice to be able to just ride with Camry and ride with somebody who has eyes on me and to just have that connection too. Cause it also doesn't help that I'm here by myself all the time. Right. It's like the connection I get is like sending memes to you. You know, that's the only outside <laughs> of my parents and my husband connection that I get, you know? And I'm like, yeah, it's just not enough. So I like, it's just a bunch of different things. And then I'm like, I know the anxiety that I'm feeling is not about the horses. Like it's a very unsafe anxiety, what I have right now, but it's like, it's not about the horses. It's not the horses making me unsafe. It's just that I feel unsafe period. And then the horses are just aggravating that. And instead of me being able to lock into that and be like, oh, Hey, it's not the horses situation. Let's go back into muscle memory. Like it does, my body doesn't do that right now. I, I'm not as good at, with my muscle memory cues as normally I am. So it also is just like, what is going on with my body? <laughs> right. I'm telling you, you should try those ice baths. I really should. probably help with your anxiety because it helps with being able to deal with a panic response, which mm-hmm. like, you know, when you step into that cold water, it's like, then <gasps> mm-hmm. your body has to learn how to work through that. So something like that. I mean, even if it's not ice baths, just putting yourself in something that's uncomfortable. I should just go out in my in my bra and shorts and just lay in the snow. <laughs> there, you yep. there you go. Seriously, though, I mean, even just standing out in the cold temperature, mm-hmm. you know, you don't even have to um, submerge yourself as long as you're cold and having to handle it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, no, it's true. I don't know. A thought. Because it is, it's kind of the same thing as marker training, essentially. Yeah, is like bringing yourself es- into that and then learning mm-hmm. how to calm down. Yep, no, exactly. it's true. I need to do something because I'm at the point where I'm like, I I don't even know. 
Yeah. <laughs> Cause like I said, just the last, the last two weeks and it always ends very well. So I'm very grateful that our sessions have ended very well, but when we start, like by the time I finally get on her, I just am like, why are we even, why do I, why am I even trying this? Why do I even yeah. want to do this? Like, it's just, it's not fun anymore. And normally, you know, normally I can stay or normally beforehand, I could have stayed in a more of a calm situation where it just, it was what it was and it wasn't a big deal, but it's almost like personal to me now, you know, <laughs> I'm like, so it's fine. I will work through it but I do need to take a step back, I think. And, and just use this opportunity to be like, well, if we don't get on, we don't get on. And it's not a big deal and use the opportunity that we are trailering to a new place that does create a lot of anxiety. So let's, let's figure out how to chill out here because I don't want you freaking out like this when we've got 50 other people around. Yeah. So for sure. Well, keep me posted on it. Oh, I will. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, we talk at least once a week. Come on, Dameron. You're going to hear Once a it. week? Are you kidding me? We I talk about at least. five different, on five different platforms every single day. <laughs> Marco Polo, Facebook Messenger, Instagram. Trainer eyes. Texting. It's fine. It is fine. I'm glad we do, because if we didn't, I would be even 10 times crazier than I am now. So... <laughs> embrace the crazy embrace the crazy <sighs> oh seriously well and I need to um I mean it's just one thing like I, I always try to look at experiences like this going okay if I can get through this it's going to help me be able to teach people even better you know people who come to mm-hmm. me and have similar issues where like yeah nothing happened I'm just struggling right and what I need to do is just get into my coaching headspace in that moment and try to coach myself through it and I, I was thinking about what you were what you had told me I don't know, forever ago, but just how you got used to being ready for clinics and just teaching, even though no one was around. I'm like, I, I think that maybe I need to do that. Cause if I can get in a coaching headspace, I can pretty easily handle my emotions because I can logically explain everything that's going on. Right. Yeah. When I'm not logically explaining everything, then it becomes emotional. And then I get my butt hurt. And then I'm like, like, why am I doing this? Right. So. Yeah. No, it helps a ton. Anytime I feel extra emotional, I do that yeah. because it's, it just, it does. It puts you in that teacher headspace in a logical thinking mindset instead of being in that emotional state. And so it's, it just helps so much. So, yeah, it has been interesting though, too, to watch Sandy be in this state. Cause like Sandy's a pretty darn chill horse, like for the most part, right? Like she's, she might spook at a couple of things, but for the most part, she's pretty like Mm level-headed. And it has been interesting ever since we've moved, she's been a lot more spooky and a lot more unsure of herself. Mm -hmm. And that has been really interesting to watch. And I'm not sure like where that stems from with her, Um, but even on the trail, like she'll spook at more things that she would never spook at before. You know, and even if mm. we, even if we do spend some time, she still gets a little like tense when we go by the same areas. Like we, like culverts, culverts scare the crap out of her. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Really? Yeah. And so, I mean, and so we'll spend some time there and let her just chill out and, and then we'll go over it. But it's like, every time we're presented with that, there's that little like, okay, you know, like that tense, that tense motion. Mm-hmm. And then just even this arena has like those garage doors that you pulley. Mm. right and oh my gosh those doors are scary <laughs> normally I just pull it up and then leave it open but this last time I was there the the owner came through and shut it while I was lunging her and I was like oh, okay so obviously he wants it shut so I'll, so I'm gonna like I'm trying to respect anything as much as possible so so I was like well this will be interesting because I didn't feel comfortable tying her in the arena and then opening the door because I didn't want her pulling back in there and making that space bad. So I just took her and just had her on her lead rope and then just slowly opened it. But holy crap, like whites of her eyes. She's like, oh my gosh, mom, you know, (laughs) and it was interesting because I feel like if I had presented this to her just a year ago, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but things are definitely a bigger deal. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Was she very attached to Gabe? That's one thing that I was wondering too, because they were friends, you know, and she definitely struggled. Like, oh my gosh, it was heartbreaking. Like the day we had to euthanize him, um, we loaded him in the trailer and everything and then took him away. And she, you know, did the normal like freak out. But by golly, when we came back with an empty trailer, she flipped. 
flipped Mm. like when we didn't unload him from the trailer so I do think that there is a lot of probably pent-up stuff from that yeah um but I'm like I don't like and it was just that I'm like I wish I could tell you you know like what was going on or or like help process in a human way Mm-hmm. but I can't so like I have thought about that too where I'm like I I don't know if it, if she's just dealing with her own emotional trauma from that and that's what's causing her to be more more aggressive and more angry and more scared in different situations as well because mm-hmm. yeah and how was the dynamic with him like was he he wasn't the brave one right like he was spookier than her Mm-hmm. Or was he more of the brave one? He was spookier. No, he was spookier than her. But they got along really well. I mean, like, they were definitely buddies. Um, And yeah. Gabe, Gabe has always been that horse. He's like, or was always that horse. But he wanted to be a leader, but he was a very unfair leader. And so we always had to put him <laughs> with pretty dominant horses because he wants to be a leader, but he had no confidence in leading. And mm. so it just turned into aggression and bullying instead of gotcha. leading. And so... He did well with Sandy because Sandy wouldn't take crap from him, right? And so mm. we could we could put them together and, you know, and they did bond. But no, he was definitely more unsure than she was, for sure. And then how was it with um, Comanche? Is he leader or is Sandy leader? Oh, Sandy's leader. Okay. And she's turned into almost an unfair leader. <laughs> <laughs> there are times I'm like, would you just be nice? <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> But no, yeah. she's she's leader. She's definitely more dominant in the herd dynamic. Um, the only time that she wasn't like top string was when I had my Arab. He was mm. he was definitely more dominant than she was. But Gabe bullied the crap out of him when we got Gabe. And so we always had to have them separated where Gabe and Sandy were together. And then he and the other horse were together because mm. they would just end up fighting because they were both so dominant. But Gabe was such a bully. Mm. So, yeah, like I... It's not like she lost the thing that was keeping her calm, right? Yeah. But it is still a loss, too. Yeah, it is. So, I don't know. Interesting. interesting, but we'll work through it. I don't know. Maybe it'll help somebody. Maybe somebody's <laughs> going through the same thing. <laughs> um, That just reminded me. I was going to ask you. So, you said that the guy is feeding when you take Sandy in the morning. Does mm-hmm. she get fed before you go? I feed her just like half a flake before I go and I'll, I'll throw some, I'll throw some in the trailer for her to eat on the way too. Cause it takes me like six, seven minutes to get there. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been trying to be mindful about that. And you know what? The reality is too, I can probably go later in the day. The problem with that is I talk myself out of it. That's why I've been trying to go Mm -hmm. in the mornings is because later in the day, I'm like, like I've been staring at a screen all day. I feel sluggish. I don't want to do anything. I was just wondering because the if her stomach is empty and that stomach acid is in there from not eating all night. But if you feed her, then that should be. Yeah. So as long as you give her a little bit of a snack, that mm-hmm. should be. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I'm just going to get online after we're done talking and order a new hay bag. I'm going to order one of the ones that just have the holes in front that's mm-hmm. solid all the way across because yeah. the, the nets, I mean, they just make such a mess and she can pull out like the whole thing at once. I'm like, I no. <laughs> Yeah. But if I if I get one of those, I can just have it in my in my tack room and then just hook it and have it right there ready for her. um because I I some of that too can be she is she's like me, she's very food aggressive. Yeah. So some of it can be like this is really unfair why you know like Yeah. So funny story. So in the heat of summer like July August, uh, I'll start working horses at like 6 a.m. And so that I can beat the afternoon heat. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) there was this one little POA mare that I had. And every time I say POA, I feel like people think I'm going to be saying POS. (laughs) (laughs) No, Pony of the Americas. Um, But, and so I would just rotate which horse I did first, you know, Mm -hmm. so she didn't get breakfast. And at the time I didn't know as much about ulcers and stuff. And so I wasn't thinking like oh I should feed her before I work or like I would feed everyone else and then grab her and saddle her up or grab whichever horse I was taking first and most of the horses did pretty well with it like they would be a little bit grumpy at first when you first pull them away but then once you get in there and start working them they they get into the mode of working and they're good and but she 
was so mad. She was so mad that she did not have food. She was pissed. <laughs> she was like trying to rear and buck and she never like did any of that stuff. And so I'm sitting here like, what in the world? So she no longer became a horse I would work first thing. I'm like, okay, you have to be second. <laughs> that would be me in the morning. You got me up at one o'clock in the morning and didn't give me food. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, whew, she was definitely, definitely Michaela in the form of a horse. She was like, I need food. <laughs> How dare you ask me to do anything at this time? Yeah, <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> so anyway, uh, funny story. Yeah. She was no. a little pony. That's a good idea. I will, I will think around that a little bit more. And gosh, I am trying really hard to be more of a morning person, but girl, it's hard. I'm like, I would love to get up and feed at like, 536 then come in and get some stuff done and then go to the arena at eight and then come back and get my work day done but it's not happening right now someday 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 that will happen maybe yeah well and one thing that I noticed with myself because I would get in certain habits especially in the winter of sleeping a little bit later Mm -hmm. um and then in the summer like I said I would start working horses at six so I have to be up and everything by five or 530 and what I noticed is like your body gets in that what it's it's normal rhythm right and so normal would be like waking up at seven mm-hmm. and then going and doing these things but then your body doesn't feel tired to go to bed until later and so for me once I started waking up earlier my body would start getting tired in the evening sooner so then I would just have to remember okay get out of my habit of we go to bed at this o'clock and go to bed when my body feels tired, which then makes it easier to get up. Um, but it's kind of a, a painful process of like those first few days to a week or two, you just are like, Oh, but it's so hard to get up in the morning (laughs) until your body is like, Oh, this is the new norm. (laughs) But there's also the fact of how much deep sleep you get which is a different factor in itself. Yeah, it's that, but it's also trying to get Eric on the same timeline because he will be working on homework until one o'clock in the morning sometimes. And his office is in our bedroom. It is, you know, so (laughs) I'm like, there are times I fall asleep on the couch outside and he comes and wakes me up and then we go to bed. But I'm like, I, that, that's also been hard. Cause even, even if I do feel tired at night, it's like, I kind of have to force myself to stay awake, to wait for him to be done with stuff, to then be able to go to bed. <laughs> uh, it's, it's fine. Someday camera, we're going to have our own space <laughs> on a brighter note because everything else was kind of emotional. <laughs> I found a place I'm selling my eggs. No, not my eggs. Sorry. My chicken eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. (laughs) See, because I thought chicken eggs, but then when you're like, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, man, you've got to like drive into your fancy doctor like two hours away and (laughs) collect your eggs. Oh, gosh. I can't even imagine. (laughs) But yes, anyways, there's a little store here that they've been having a hard time getting eggs. So I was like, hey, I've got... I've got eggs I can sell, yeah, so I'm hoping it'll at least pay for chicken feed, because chicken feed's gone up, too. That is good. Sorry, I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's okay, I did, too. It's because we were talking about deep topics before Camry. Our <laughs> <laughs> body's like, what? No one needs to release all the goofiness. <laughs> oh, gosh. Whew. I'm trying to remember this reel that I saw about chicken eggs, and it was... And then they're like, they're not called chicken eggs. They're freedom seeds. <laughs> freedom seeds. Um, did I send you the one about the guy that's, that is talking about eggs like they're drugs? He's like, you got to oh, yeah. we've got certain lingo. I'm like, oh my gosh, this that's, is how I feel. <laughs> that's exactly the one that I, I thought it was freedom seeds. Maybe I remembered the wrong word. But yeah, and then he's talking about the different words for different types yeah. of chicken's eggs. And, <laughs> yeah. and how much, what you've got to say for how much it's going to cost you. <laughs> it's so true though it is how it feels right now well and now my instagram algorithms are bringing up all the chicken and cat videos (laughs) sorry (laughs) 
I, it's funny because my husband's algorithm is doing the same thing because I sent him all of like the relationship ones that are like, does anyone else feel like their wife does this or whatever? So now all of his stuff is relationship reels that, that pop up and stuff I'm like, sorry guys, I'm screwing with your algorithms. <laughs> reels are the best. I just wish I, I was funny so I could make funny ones, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, I just need one to go viral and then I'll just have a lot of <laughs> but then you wouldn't because if you don't continue doing the thing that you're doing that you did to go viral they're not going to want to stay right that's fine i do feel like I... i'm getting better engagement though lately whatever they did to the algorithm lately i'm like thank you because for a while it was really frustrating mm. but now i'm getting a little bit more engagement with it which is good and that's i've good. noticed it's really helped when I finally was like, why do I feel like I have to stay in this box? Because I do that. I put myself in a box of like, this is what I have to do to be a professional, right? Like, so it's like on my Instagram and my Facebook, all I can talk about is health and fitness and and mm. all this stuff. And then I've been really frustrated because I'm trying to figure out how to talk more about horses and get horsewomen more interested because that's who I want to work with. But I'm like, but all I'm talking about is health and fitness. And so finally, I was just, I'm like, why don't I actually talk about some of the things I want to talk about, which is horses. Yeah. So I've made it a goal. Like once a week, I, I do a video just, that's just about horses. And that's actually helped a lot. Like I've gotten a lot more interest and engagement from that because then people mm. watch those and they come look at my thing, but then it's not just health and fitness because sometimes it is horses. And yeah, I don't know why I put myself in boxes, but I do. Yeah. Well, and you feel like, I think sometimes as a professional that you have to do things a certain way to be seen as a professional in that industry yeah. and that, you know, so that kind of encourages that. Mm-hmm. But on like on my page, I don't do a lot of like horse training tips. Like mm-hmm. a lot of horse trainers post videos of like side passing and doing this and doing that. And like, there are certain things that I'll post about training techniques I'm using or whatnot. Um, or training theories um, but a lot of what I post is just stuff that I think is hilarious <laughs> which is fun <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna pretend to be a chicken <laughs> right well and it's nice because you get so many clients that are just word of mouth where your social media doesn't need to be like that right which yeah is awesome it's nice. that's a really good place to be at well, and especially that couple of years when I had a dumb phone I did not post near as often mm-hmm. because it was a pain like I didn't have a nice mm-hmm. camera on me all the time like you do when you have a smartphone and so if I wanted to take pictures I would have to get my other camera and bring it out and yeah all of that and then download it to the computer and all of that and so well I still was... have a bunch of videos of you doing stuff that I took for you and then sent to your messenger that are I know. still on my phone that I need to go in and like delete <laughs> yeah and that's it's always like hey Gabby uh-huh. <laughs> video list would you <laughs> hey that's that, that makes it nice to have an assistant (laughs) you need to send me that video thing your tracker thing oh I thought I did did I not it's called a solo shot it doesn't work in indoor arenas it works with gps so you have to have sky so it only works with uh when you have service then too huh because I don't have service at that arena either Mm, yeah um but it's different. GPS is different than cell service. So okay, I'm not sure. Which one do you use? Is it the Pivo one? Pivio no, no. I use a really, really, like like a 20 buck one. And it is not oh. tracking me well enough. And the problem is, too, because I've, I've tried to use it for, like, some yoga videos or something, too. But then it's so loud. So it goes every time it moves. And it just mm. I'm like, this isn't going to work. And then it starts tracking me okay where it'll track me around the arena and then all of a sudden it'll be like I lost you and then I have to go right up to it for it to catch me again and then it only then it only follows me until I get about 10 feet away from it and then it doesn't follow me anymore Mm. well this one the one that I know one of my um, trainer friends uses is called Pivo Mm P-I-V-O and it you hook your phone to it and it's a tripod and the tripod is what tracks you so it'll just take the video on your phone that would be um, perfect. I, I do want to do more horse video things and more things like we've we've gotten to that point in my horse woman's uh, group page where we're starting to do a little bit more horse stuff and it is hard because 
two of them have horses, one doesn't. And so what I do with the ones that don't currently have horses is like, if we do a horse challenge, then it's like, Hey, instead of doing this, here's what you're going to do for yourself to still get the benefits of what we're doing with the horse challenges. And it's worked out pretty good, but I definitely like, I just, I miss, I miss teaching riding lessons sometimes Cameron. Yeah. I don't doubt it. I miss teaching adults. It's fun. It's a fun part of teaching in general is teaching an adult on their own horse. Yes. I had someone reach out to me the other day that was wondering if, uh, if I taught lessons on my horses and I was like, no, not anymore. (laughs) Quasi needs to be more lightly worked. He's getting a little bit more arthritic and my kids are using him. So he doesn't need the extra work of lessons and, and, uh, yeah, but she's like, I'm thinking of buying a horse, but I need to like, she's 62 and hasn't been in it in a few years. So she's like, oh. I want to take lessons for a few months and make sure I feel like I am capable at this age to do it before mm-hmm. I commit and buy a horse. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's smart. Yeah. But I, so I sent her to a lady down the road <laughs> that does it. So I'm like, once you buy a horse, come to me and I will, or right, and I I mean, even if you it. want my help picking out a horse, you know, mm-hmm. helping you buy the horse, let me know. And then we can get going, but yeah, I really miss the adults so much. <laughs> yeah. Like if I do lessons again, I, I think I will just, it'll just be tailored to adults because as much as I love the kids, it's, it turns into just really dangerous babysitting mm. and it's just not worth it to me anymore. Yeah. Well, hopefully troubleshooting some of this stuff with Sandy will help some of our listeners and we will just go ahead and wrap up and talk with you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Horsewoman Project. If you have a story to tell, please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com. Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.